making sales social to me is has become much more about building community um not necessarily only with your prospects or with your customers but really building an ecosystem around sales and it was really accentuated through when everyone is in lockdown with covid and everything um i think people were really seeking out ways to foster connections with other people Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here are your hosts, Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Hey, welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm Bill McCormick. I'm Bryn Tillman. So Bryn, who's joining us today? I am so excited to have Susan Mann joining us today. I met her through Gina Stracosi uh, at IES, who works with the women in sales. Uh, and, you know, we had, Susan and I had a wonderful conversation and I thought, man, she's got some incredible insights around sales, outsourced sales management, and my favorite that I hope we'll get to today, which is virtual selling. So we're excited. Welcome, Susan, to the show. Super. Thanks for having me, Bryn. Bill? Tell, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So as you mentioned, Bryn, I am an outsourced sales leader. You know, in my past life, I worked, I've had the unique opportunity to work both as a corporate executive running global sales and then also work in a small business and in, in the process of scaling. So now I actually straddle the fence between the two of those. And I work with small and mid-sized businesses to help them put the infrastructure in place that they need for predictable sales. That's good because that's a lot of the folks who listen to this, uh, you just described them. So, so that's wonderful, <laughs> Susan. We're happy to have you here. So we ask everyone the same question to start off. Susan, what does making sales social mean to you? You know, if you had asked me that maybe a year ago, I may have had a different answer for you, but making sales social to me is, has become much more about building community, um, not necessarily only with your prospects or with your customers, but really building an ecosystem around sales. And, you know, I think the way Bryn and I met is a great example of that. Um, and, and it was really accentuated through when everyone is in lockdown with COVID and everything. Um, I think people were really seeking out ways to foster connections with other people. And so when I think about making sales social, I think about that sense of community um, and contributing to each other's community. All right. I'm going to come back to sales ecosystem. Um, but, but first, I, I just I want to talk just a moment about, you know, you're working with 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 small to medium sized businesses and, and the owners and uh, diagnosing their sales challenges. What are some of the sales challenges you're seeing um, right now in this current state we're in that that they're folks facing? one of the big challenges is what I would call a strategic challenge. And this isn't necessarily only as businesses emerged from COVID, but certainly it's accentuated then. Because if you can remember before we went into this pandemic, the, the economy was incredibly robust. And so a lot of businesses were super strong. And that kind of high tide can cover a multitude of, of problems. And so 
I think now as businesses are really starting to, and economies are starting to open back up, people are starting to see where they have holes. And strategy, I think, is a big one. Um, in terms of like, who is really my ideal customer? Because oftentimes in smaller, mid-sized businesses, there's an overly broad view of who that is because there's a hesitancy to be limiting. And it's kind of counterintuitive, you know, to think that, oh, if I'm actually much more narrow and specific, my business will grow faster and stronger and I'll develop more loyal customers that really value what I do. It's counterintuitive because businesses want to think, well, I can provide all of these different customers, all of these different market segments. So I think that's a big challenge for people is to get really crisp on the strategy. And yeah. I think, you know, um, to the point you made earlier, uh, I think, Bryn, you brought up in this whole virtual world. I think that's a challenge for a lot of salespeople, not just in the small and mid-sized business arena, but I think the transition to and management of sales in a virtual environment is challenging. What's one um, tip, one or two tips that you can give salespeople that are feeling still a year in challenged by selling virtually? I'd say the first tip is a mindset tip because I am a big believer that this is not going away. It's not a matter of, wow, gee, now the you know economies are opening back up restrictions are being lifted, whew, we can all get back to doing what we used to do. I think there's been a fundamental shift in the buy-sell relationship in a lot of ways. And so for sellers who get good at both and recognize that there's going to be parts of their sales process and their approach that they have to do virtually. So that's the first challenge is get over the mindset. The second piece I would recommend is learn how to build rapport virtually. And it starts by being human, you know? I love that. You know, we talk a lot about authentic social selling, about being an authentic social seller. And when you talk about, you know, it starts with being human, it, whether you're selling which, or, or meeting and building relationships on LinkedIn or via Zoom, we do see this challenge where people flock to cold calling versus relationship building. Yeah. They flock to connect and pitch. Or yeah. even I get on a Zoom call and I don't know how to build rapport like I would have if I were sitting right. next to someone. Right. Here's the problem, Bryn, is that um, you have to be much more intentional in a virtual environment. So things that would happen organically when you're face to face don't happen that way on a Zoom call. And so people go right to connect and pitch. Mm-hmm. And you have to actually plan for and and carve out time to build rapport, to talk to people, to get to know them, to to know more about their challenges and where they're coming from or or even what they did over the weekend. I mean, nurturing that kind of a relationship has to be much more intentional virtually. I love intentional authenticity. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things, even, you know, when, when we would go and meet someone in person, we would maybe walk into their office or we'd see something in the environment that, that we could comment on, that would be a point of contact, a point of reference for us to, to begin to build that rapport. And right. I think it's important to, to point out that the LinkedIn profile becomes that for us now, you, exactly. you know, finding some things that we can talk to them about so that we're not just starting the meeting just from 
background and go and let's let's you know okay so what did you want to talk to me about so yeah. i think that that's that's very very important yeah and, because you know bill that is what happens is um timing is compressed and people don't have these um cues in the wild you know in, in the natural environment to pick up on to be able to build rapport so they go right to the guts of the pitch or talking about business yeah and and i think it's important to point out and i agree with you that that this virtual environment is not going away and i forget the company that put the report out but they 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 asked buyers and 75 percent of buyers said that they would prefer mm -hmm. a first meeting with a sales rep to be virtual because right. it's just so much easier i know i like sitting in my office at home rather than having to drive you know 45 minutes or an hour for a meeting and that's a short commute i know some folks on the west coast that you know they'll spend three and a half four hours in a car mm -hmm. right yeah brings in philly i mean it's a different world i want to switch gears here a little bit and you you mentioned before the sales ecosystem and and I've heard you know this was one of these words. So what do you think? What are what's your definition or what are the components for you of a of a sales ecosystem? So when I think about a sales ecosystem, I think about um, not just prospects and customers, but also who are related service providers or resources for those customers. So if you're a manufacturer. Who are the, um, the equipment suppliers or the logistics suppliers that are supporting your customer base? Or if you're a professional services firm, who are, you know, if you're an accounting firm, who are typically the, you know, the legal resources that are supporting your, your client or the human resources um, that may be supporting your client? So that's what I mean when I refer to that kind of an ecosystem, because I think that it enables you to be a better resource to your client. Because part of, I, I'm a big believer that part of what we do is not necessarily just, as Bryn put it, connect and pitch, but to be able to help our customers mm -hmm. really advance their business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, quite honestly, that's not going to be through me or through you, but through some other resource that you know in your ecosystem. I love that. We often say that social selling is about building relationships, providing insights, and being a resource, knowing that the sale will come when the time is right. But I also love that, you know, as a resource, that also means, you know, if you're not the right one to solve their challenge, that you are the right one who introduced them to the right one, right? Exactly, and, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I love that ecosystem. And, and quite honestly, um, our business has thrived on sales trainers and other sales professionals referring mm -hmm. our business, mm -hmm. but we are really, really good at referring business out. And yeah. so I think it's when you've got that balance, uh, it's, it, you know, you, you talk about work-life balance, but referral, referral balance yeah. can really have a big impact on growing your pipeline. Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing, you know, long time ago, we talked about, and I'm starting to bring this back up, where <laughs> when you're prospecting, it's like fishing with a pole. You have one pole, one line, one hook, one fish. You're going after one prospect at a time. But when we build, you know, a group of these referral partners, where this ecosystem, right, where you can pull from, it's like fishing with a net. It's like the, it's your network. 
how about that? It's your network. You're fishing with a net because you know once you have these relationships going and you're bringing value to and you're a resource to that network, they're now filling your pipeline with referrals as well. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about prospecting because I'm a part of a couple of masterminds and I've got a poll right now on LinkedIn asking, you know, what what are what are some of the things that sales leaders are needing help with? Prospecting right now is two to one. In my sales mastermind a few weeks ago, we talked about what we're struggling, what people are struggling with. Hands down, everyone said prospecting. What are some of the things that you're advising your clients to do in the area of prospecting in this current environment? You know, so Bill, the first piece is something I mentioned before. Go be clear about who you're going after. Who are your ideal prospects? Not everyone is your client. Because not everybody, not everybody's going to value what you do. And, and, and the sooner you get real about that, the better off you are. It'll make your prospecting more focused. Um, the second thing I recommend, and this seems like a simple thing, but make it a daily habit. Salespeople don't invest like full days of prospecting, but make it a daily habit. If you carve out a half hour every day that I'm going to prospect and one of the keys, you know, in this environment where there's so much automation, I'm not a big fan of prospecting through automated means. It's the human element can't get lost and use a variety of different ways to reach out to people. Reach out to them by email. Reach out to them by this old fashioned thing that we all have called a telephone. Reach out to them through LinkedIn and use the combination of those tools to make it personal. Go ahead. I, I'm just ready for you to, to quote your favorite. Oh. <laughs> Bill, your, your Thomas Clear. Is it? Uh, James Clear, right? James Clear. And, oh. and, and so if you're familiar with, with Atomic Habits, and, and it was in my brain as soon as she started talking, <laughs> because, because we have to be consistent with it. And what James Clear says is we don't rise to the level of our goals, but we fall to the level of our system. And so as salespeople, we don't have a system in place to prospect. We can have all the goals we want that we're going to make X amount of calls or X amount of touches this week. But if we don't have a system in place, it will never, ever happen. Yeah. That, this is, you know, very, very important. And I totally agree with the variety piece of, you know, you have to use every club that's in your back. You're never going to use a putter off of the tee box. You're never going to do that. But there's a time and a place for that. So there's a time and a place for the phone. And there's a time and a place for LinkedIn. There's a time and a place for, for email. And boy, love what you said about the automation piece, you yeah. know, because using automation to, to prospect nowadays, it especially on LinkedIn hurts yeah. you so much because when you use it, when you're using it on the phone, all they see is a phone number. When you're using an email, they see an email they delete. But when you're doing it on, on LinkedIn, they see your face. They see your name. They see your company name. You know, yeah. Just before I got on this call, somebody reached out to me because they help pest control companies get 25 times more appointments in a, in a one month period. Well, I haven't been in pest control in 25 <laughs> years. And when I went back to the guy with that, he went, oh, yeah, sorry. And I said, yeah, you're using automation. This is why it didn't work. Here's a link to some resources. I'd love to help you. Exactly. Yeah. When you miss, you miss big. Yeah, and if he happened to be hitting the right person with a message that hits them the wrong way, you're now isolating potential right. prospects. And, and to the automation piece, I always liken LinkedIn as a networking meeting. 
you know, treating the other person on the other side of the message the same way you would if they were on the other side of the table. But um, I think it's really important as we're looking at this, when we go, okay, well, automation will help me speed this up. You wouldn't send a robot to a trade show. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you sell robots, but you wouldn't, <laughs> right? Like, but you don't, you can't build relationships with, yeah. with a proxy, right? You build right. relationships on your own, right? There is no proxy for, for building a relationship. And I love the point that you made that when you miss, you miss big because you don't just miss, but you actually harm your potential moving forward because you can undermine your own credibility by the things that like that you mentioned. Amen, sister. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so let's talk for a moment about the, the plans that you help these companies implement. So I know prospecting has got to be part of that plan. What are some of the other plans that are, are parts, pieces of that plan for, for growth for, for, for small to medium-sized businesses? So a lot of small and mid-sized businesses lack um, process. So they don't have a prospecting process, but they don't have a sales process either. They don't know how to move someone from, you know, systematically move a, a prospect through a, dis- a proper discovery and introducing them to a solution and closing the business. Um, so I work with them on the process side and then also on the execution side, coaching salespeople, setting metrics, setting goals, devising comp plans, things of that sort. Um, oftentimes what I see with small and mid-sized businesses is that either there's not a sales leader in place, maybe there's a sale, maybe the owner wears two hats, an owner usually wears more than two, but they're wearing a sales hat as one of the many things they do. And they don't have the time, the experience, or the resource to really focus on getting the most out of the sales team. So I work that full gamut from the, from the strategy through to the execution side. I'm going to just ask one, la- like one last, and then as you are talking to right now, business owners, entrepreneurs, sales professionals, or even sales leaders, what is the one tip in this new digital economy that you would say just a real tactical thing that they should be doing that can have an impact on their prospecting? Hands down and without a doubt, using LinkedIn. Oh, as a nice thing. And you know, how you use LinkedIn, you guys are um, the experts at this, but some of the, the recommendations that I give, um, I find people use LinkedIn as a resource, maybe just to check out somebody before I meet with them. I'm going to look you up. I'm going to find out a little about you. And that's the extent of it. But there's so much more opportunity to use LinkedIn as a way of building rapport, which is a really hard thing for salespeople right now. You can use LinkedIn to build rapport and engaging ongoing conversation. It's also super important to use it as a, as a resource to do research, to understand you know, what kind of groups people, individuals may be involved in or look up and understand what kinds of things they're posting about. That gives you insight into how you can engage with them, whether it's virtual or in person. We call it social listening. Yes. Oh, well, see, I told you you would know more about this. <laughs> no, it's not more, but I think that's great. I mean, there's so much that we can do. The, the last piece on that topic that I want to mention is shared connections. 
Mm-hmm. That is a powerful way. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you see you have a few shared connections and you're going to be having a conversation with this person the next few days, reach out to them and see if you can get any insights. And if you get someone that knows them well, starting a conversation with, hey, Bill McCormick huh. says hi, changes the whole playing field. Yeah, absolutely. The whole conversation is different from there. Yeah. Come in with much, much higher credibility. So unfortunately, we are at the end of our time together. Susan, thank you so much for being with us here today. Tell our listeners how they can stay in touch with you and take advantage of of getting further and more insights from you. Perfect. Thank you very much for having me. Um, You can find me on LinkedIn. You can also reach out to me at www.thecompasssolutions.com. And I would be happy to offer any of your listeners, if people are stuck in their sales, they're stuck with an underperforming sales team and can't figure out how to break through that, or they're just trying to scale their business, I would offer your listeners to do a complimentary uh, discovery call and see if I can help get them unstuck. I spend a lot of time on diagnosis and I can't promise I can help you but I can point you in the right direction, help you figure out your root cause and how to get unstuck. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for that, that very generous offer. And thank you to all of our listeners for being with us. And as you're going about your week this week, don't forget to make your sales social. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors, bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.